Welcome home, where homeownership matters for all. A production of the Orange Chatham Association of Realtors, a voice for real property rights. Welcome to the OCHAR podcast program called The Talk About. I'm Marcia Vaughn, the host of this series, and I'm happy to be back in our humble recording studio, this being our first production of 2023. It took a while to figure out some technical challenges we were having because uh, I might know a thing or two about real estate, but when it comes to sound engineering, I'm clueless. Many thanks to Keith Green, OCHAR board member and HPW realtor, for helping me wade through those dilemmas and using his podcasting and teaching expertise to set this series on the right path going forward. I'm very grateful to Keith. Today is March 28th. And I'm a happy camper because I'm sitting once again with our panel of real estate experts, Jay Kreller with Inhabit, Nada Bozinski, also with Inhabit, and Jackie Tanner with the Guskowitz Tanner team at Fonville Morrissey. Greetings, ladies. Hi there. How you doing? Doing well. Glad to be back. Jay, Jackie. Uh, I'm going to use my husband's tagline, which is greetings and salutation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say greetings and I'm glad to be back because this works as therapy for me. Oh, I love that. For sure. Love that, love that. And I think for for many of our audience, it does also. Just for the sake of our audience, we're trying to figure out a way that we could do this podcast with our panel and have you call in with questions. But um, like I said, I'm, I'm not very techy when it comes to all this stuff. So that'll be the next challenge. I still think we could put questions out there and for sure. answer them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll be working time. on that. If you're listening and have an opinion about that, let let me know or let somebody at Ochar know. That would be a big help. But we're going to start today with um, just a general market update before we get into our topic which today is showing, showing, showings. So you guys, March 28th, 2023, what are you seeing out there? What are you feeling out there? What's new? What's different? What's the same? Who wants to start? I'll start. We still have more buyers than we have inventory for the buyers. Hands down, there's still an inventory shortage. Mm -hmm. So the increase in interest rates isn't putting the brakes on the market like like people were predicting, because we still have pent-up buyers looking for houses. Can I ask you a question about that? Sure. So, from my from my perspective, it did, the market did slow down when oh, the interest yes. rates. Oh, yes, I agree. Absolutely. Right? And I forget when we last did this podcast, but it was certainly like the middle of May going into June. June. Yeah. I felt like brakes got put on. Mm-hmm. And, and then I felt in January and February, all of a sudden, it's gone nuts again. So what is the the difference that's happened in the marketplace if the interest rates over that time period haven't really changed all that much, right? It, it went up and they they bounced around, but they haven't like shot up or anything. So why did buyers decide to come back in the way that it appears to me, and obviously this is just personal anecdotes, but that they have. So I'm, and I know I'm talking about the past, but I'm, I'm curious as to what other people think about that. I think it's the shock that people feel when anything has a sudden change. So we went, we had these historically low interest rates for so long. And then all of a sudden they, they went up two points overnight. Mm-hmm. And then they, they kept creeping up and everybody's like, whoa, I'm pulling back. I'm pulling back because let me, let me see. Cause you know, anything that rises that quickly sometimes comes back down. 
So everybody was like, I'm going to stop because now, now interest rates are going up. But now that interest rates have been up for six months, people are like, this is the new normal. If I want to get a house, this is the game I have to play in. So it's reality kind of sinking in. Okay. That's my guess. That's a no, theory. That it's a theory. I have a lot of theories. They don't all pan out, but that's a theory. I agree. I also think that timing of last year with the interest rate hike and more of it also being the more typical like pre-COVID seasonal slow of everything kind of came together at the same time where during COVID, I feel like we lost the, the, the traditional calendar of our spring season where it just was just constant. But I think last year we started to see more of the pre-COVID type of calendar where people were in June and July and August, they, it was back to sort of a pre-COVID people were on vacation. So that with the interest rate hike sort of just put, I think, sort of put brakes on a little bit more and it became more obvious than it had been even just initially. So I think. How, how much do you guys think COVID is still impacting our market? I don't. I don't think it not at all from my perspective. What's COVID? Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Okay. Okay. I I would say that I'm not seeing COVID impacting it really. Um, I think that the norm, there was something that happened during COVID where uh, out of state buyers, you know, had to get used to the idea of buying houses at a distance. And I think that has become more of a norm now since COVID, that that's much more common and people are getting more comfortable with it of making offers out of state. Maybe it's just doing a FaceTime where pre-COVID that was, I mean, it happened, but it wasn't really on a regular basis. Uh And I think that that is the only thing that seems to be a lasting sort of tactic, for lack of a better way to put it, that has stayed with us Mm -hmm. beyond COVID. Mm -hmm. But I don't see COVID as being um, anything negative that has I think I was surprised to hear all three of you say, you know, no to the COVID question, because I do think, and you just described it, Nada, that the norms have now changed. Mm -hmm. So maybe talk a little bit about that. And and you. I mean, what I'm seeing in terms of the lasting effect of COVID is that I get buyers, which I have more of right now than I do listings, are happy to live anywhere around Raleigh, Durham, or Chapel Hill. Like suddenly I'm the triangle, oh, right? and I am driving the same clients all over what to me seems like all over creation, whereas I have never had that before. People hmm. might have gone and looked at Raleigh and looked at Durham and looked at Chapel Hill, and I'm just picking those three as, as mm-hmm. the big three, mm-hmm. um, and then very quickly decided which one mm-hmm. they felt more mm-hmm. affinity with, mm-hmm. whereas now it's just like the house. And I, I just want the house that I want. And mm-hmm. But the ones that are getting the multiple offers and are back to the crazy are the ones that are closer to town. Mm-hmm. So, I'm again, mm-hmm. my wheels are turning in the sense of trying to mm-hmm. understand the human behavior here. What exactly is going on? Because um, it's almost s- like location, location, location matters. And that's not going away? Am I going away? <laughs> but there are still people who have to go into their workplace. Mm-hmm. Twice a week. I yeah, know, but, but I'm thinking about like the medical community. Yeah, That's yeah, not an option. Or some but, of the tech places, that's not an option. But building on what Jackie is saying, the location wants, you know, location matters. They want to be able to, everybody wants to be able to walk to something. Everybody <laughs> wants yeah. to be able to go right, to something. Right. They want to be attached to something. They want to have something proximal to them that's convenient and mm-hmm. easy. 
that seems to be my current trend. My current trend, it's not, there's no set thing that they want to be able to walk to, but they want to be able to walk, walk to something. something. You know, yeah. so. I'm Even saying, if it's walking to walking trails. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. No, she's absolutely right. That's yeah. exactly right. what I'm it saying. It doesn't necessarily have to be like commerce. Right. But no, something, something that they yeah. can but, get yeah. to. But those, those in-town locations that you were saying, like, they're still, the location matters. It's like, right, I right. want to be in town. I want to be yep, near yep. X. That's, yep, yep, yep. That's still and, important. And whether it's Burlington or Angia mm-hmm. or Bahama or, I mean, I'm, I'm Chatham Park. Look, yeah. at what, look at everything that's happening in Chatham Park. I mean, mm-hmm. they've designed that entire community with the idea that wherever you are in that entire behemoth, you can walk to something. Mm. You can walk to a commercial center. You can mm-hmm. walk to a recreation center. You can walk to the trails. But everything in that community is a five-minute walk to something. That's kind of their whole precept. It's fascinating. Because that's what people want. Yeah. That's, they're I'm, responding to. My other question around that, if I can ask it around this difference, is houses that need work. Mm. Like, what are you seeing? And is there a difference? So the crazy market is definitely back in a big way. But is it crazy for the... I remember posting on social media a house that I saw driving up to Boone that was literally falling into the ground and sort of jokingly saying, how much could we sell this for today? Again, my anecdotal experience, I'm not sure that the, the fixer-upper is commanding the kinds of reactions that it was commanding before. Mm-hmm. It's the ones that are ready Turkey. to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so I wonder what your experiences are around that. Well, I mean, that comes back to the staging conversation we had earlier and the market prep conversation we had in one of our previous podcasts. I think it still dominates. Like, you have to be market ready. You can't just put anything on the market anymore. You can still sell everything, but you're going to make a lot less. But the houses that are turnkey, the houses that people... That's what the the vast majority of the market wants to be able to just turn the key and go into the house and live there. It's okay if I've got to do one bathroom or something like that, but they don't want to live in a project. Nobody wants to take on a project right now. Or if they... I think if the sellers decide to leave some things undone, which is perfectly reasonable to do, it seems pretty important to buyers that at least like the, you know, sort of mechanics of the house are in good working order, like the roof, the the non-glamorous things. Like I find that people are willing to take on um, a project if it's largely cosmetic or picking finishes. In fact, sometimes preferable, but as long as like, it's a newer HVAC. It has a sealed crawl space. They just replaced the roof. Like, I'm finding that to be kind of a common theme now where they're like, okay, well, it might be kind of fun to do a bathroom or the, the kitchen or whatever. Because the big ticket items, the other big ticket items, <laughs> you know, we can live in it this way. And it's and it's in working order. I've know? heard that phrase. We could live I, could live in, I could live in it like this. And if I want to change it, I can. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that's what seems to be the most... I, I will swear up and down that the cosmetics are mattering. No, I'm not saying anything. that they don't matter. I'm saying that if they're going to choose to not embark on the cosmetic things, that they better have at if, least you know, you better have your... <laughs> the other things. Yeah. The non-glamorous things better be done. Right. But when people are choosing not to do any of those things, even in this market, right. I feel like they're putting themselves at a disadvantage, which they comes really back to that, like you said, the conversation that we had about getting your sellers ready. 
and how to tackle being most prepared to you know put your best foot forward in the market. So you guys, can you just uh, take a few minutes to summarize the market, the current market? Well, to build off of that conversation, I think I was just going to say that I think people are the the money is no longer free. Mm, uh, right that's the difference there to me Uh, absolutely um and so they're being pickier about and for some reason you know you can spend sixty thousand dollars on the kitchen without looking right too too far yes um but the roof the hvac the seal core space like you said the water heater which i remember when they cost 250 dollars to replace not so much anymore Mm -hmm. um yeah that's that's where the difference is they're they're approaching it from a more sensible point of view in my opinion and because just, the money's not free anymore. I like that. It, yeah. 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 I mean, it wasn't free, but it was yeah, It was close to free. And I, yeah. I think in terms of what I'm starting to see, again, we talked about, Jackie mentioned when we first started about the market really picking up in January and February. I think that, and then you went on to say that while people's searches have actually expanded, that it's not as targeted, you're not having as many people just very specific to Chapel Hill, that they're willing to go into Wake County and to other counties, and you're really traveling a lot. I think that sort of word is out from people moving here from out of state. And a lot of times I, I'm having people say, think of the, are truly thinking of the triangle as almost like one area. They're not mm-hmm. able, they're, they hear so much about it in the media now that they don't really understand these are three distinct cities uh-huh. and communities uh-huh. and, and ha- all have very um, specific vibes and their own sort of yeah. uh, culture and everything. And, and it so, can take days just to yeah, explain so, that or show it. So I think it is a matter of really working with people to familiarize them with each of the different towns, and then they're able to make a, a decision. But Mm-hmm. I think what I'm starting to see, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, is that the market is really starting to pick up. And, I, and I'm and i getting the feeling that we are going to have a very similar spring to what we experienced last year, that even though we have interest rates that are probably twice as much as they were this time last year, that the competitive nature of our market is still going to be right there with it. And mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. we've all written offers recently and there have been multiple offers and the great houses are still great houses and they're still fetching multiple offers and we're still seeing things mm-hmm. go well above mm-hmm. the list price. Yep. Yep. So yep. that's what my experience is. Okay. So as we follow our trajectory into spring, you think we're going to have a, a busy market? I do this. Yes, I'm just praying for more inventory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Up on I think it's going to start yep, yep. on the market. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about showings. In February, a month ago, which is typically a slower month, in Orange and Chatham counties, there were approximately 4,000 showings of properties listed for sale. So showings are a big deal. Let's start here. When you walk up, you've got clients by your side and you're going to a showing. What are you hoping to find? A lot of money. Oh, that, oh, man. I just wait. That's not what you're saying. This is why you're always two steps ahead of me, (laughs) Nada. But I like the lockbox that works. A lockbox that works. Uh, seriously. Okay, see? We, we got to get down in the weeds here. A lockbox that works. And and one that you don't have to get on the ground to open. <laughs> yeah. Stop so, stop attaching it to the bottom rail, people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's we? terrible. We're getting old. Yeah. So how, how do you feel about center lock? I'm central lot neutral. Do you use them? I do not use them. I don't do personally you? use them. Okay, don't so know. that's interesting that 
And I don't either. Why don't any <laughs> of us don't use them. center lock? <laughs> I, I, I think it, it complicates things. It's because there are a lot of agents who struggle with it. You know, and I don't want to. I don't want to put anything up there that's a barrier to somebody showing my. I'm listing. so afraid it's not going to work. I'm afraid yeah. it's not going to work. They're going to get there. Of course, it doesn't work. Yeah, the battery yeah. dies. Yeah. I, all right. I, I, I don't. I don't want to okay, put so there's a message there. to our members. The, if you, if you have no signal, trying to get yeah. the mm-hmm. phone, and I'm sorry, uh-huh. I have Verizon. It doesn't work in 50 percent of Chapel Hill. So are are there other lock boxes? That lock lock box styles that you don't like or that you find unreliable. Well, any good old fashioned combination, yeah. whether it's the letter on the dial or the the numbers, are probably the easiest. The yeah, push button the, the numbers. Num- the, no, the, not the push buttons. The, yeah, the dial like numbers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I still okay. like the old spin like dial the, um, letters, but like you had yeah. on your um your high school gym yeah. locker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was one of those. For those of us, not broke, why did we need but to fix it? It's just got to work. Right. It's just gotta work. <laughs> it's just gotta work, and it, it really—it's just demoralizing. It's demoralizing to have to like get down on the ground. I agree, and I agree. and open it up with your client standing there. Yeah, it's just yeah. embarrassing. So, what advice do you have to listing agents, maybe some of the newer or younger ones, about where to place that lockbox? Um, the doorknob. Doorknob, if oh, possible. If possible. possible, but or on a railing rail. that's high that's not low, but. That's that's at a comfortable height. Yeah. Okay. Or put it on one of the vertical styles because you can lift it up. But when they attach it to the bottom rail, you've uh-huh. got to get and and you've that's happened to me three times this weekend. Yeah. Oh wow. Where I'm on my knees in there opening up yeah. the lockbox. Yeah. Yeah. It is awkward. And um, that's just ridiculous. And uh, I carry zip ties with me, and so like big zip ties. Uh huh. So if I've got a list. <laughs> We're all on the edge of our seat. I've been at people. I've been at people. Jay, like, why did she have this thing? I will zip tie it to the top rail. Because the top rails are usually the top rail. Hold the virus hostage. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not all of them. But you know, Oh my God. I was going to say the next one. Well, at least maybe, a true crime maybe my next yeah. career. And we digress. <laughs> maybe my next career. <laughs> okay, so you get in the front door. Mm-hmm. Assuming you can no, get I'm in the front back door. Off, I'm going to back off a minute. Okay. I, I think from a listing agent's perspective, I think people need to hear this. If I am walking up to a house and there is peeling paint and it hasn't been, you know, the, mm-hmm. there's just cobwebs. And yes. Things that have been easy Basic to do. And one of the things cleaning. I learned from, oh, big shout out to Bobby McGrath with Successful Staging here. Um, what is the buyer doing while the agent is He's on their knees the opening the lockbox? Oh, box. yeah, They yeah. are standing there taking everything mm-hmm. around them. And if there Their panoramic view. you're going to focus on to present in its best possible light, let it be that. Exactly. And oh, I actually so, will point it out myself if they haven't noticed it. I mean, I actually well, go and say, my gosh. You know, you would think that this person could have at least cleaned around the door, you know, yes. and made it presentable. Because if there are cobwebs or there's just junk and it doesn't look nice, I actually say hear, something about it to my Hear doctors. us listing agents. When you are listing something, take care of your listings. Visit yeah. them. Clear that front porch. Yeah. Because I promise you, all us buyer's agents are saying... Wow, what a lazy listing agent. <laughs> and we're not talking about the interior yet, but I will no, tell you yeah. that I we showed. haven't gotten in the house yet. I know, Marcia. but I got to go ahead and say this. Last weekend, I showed a buyer a house, and in the primary bathroom, I had to flush the toilet. 
No, wrong, wrong. And I'm thinking, and there was a very experienced agent who had listed that house. Now it could have just happened. It could have just happened. There was no, there was no one looking before I got it in there. Anyway, anyway, yeah. So flush the toilets. That's a good. That's a good thing. Yeah. And and during you know that's a really good point. I I've had that happen as well. And that's another really important reason to just like make a good once around. And I also Mm -hmm. end up a lot of times I will come back to my listings just periodically throughout the day, especially if there are a lot of Oh, that's a good idea. Just to sort of stop back in again, Uh just to sort of check on things. Mm -hmm. You never know what if if something has been left open or if if the toilet's been used or it's stopped up or whatever. It's just a good idea to check in if possible. I mean, this is where to me, and I may have said this on a previous podcast too, and that I view real estate as being a collaborative uh, exercise between the listing agent and the buyer's agent. And I do feel like it's the listing agent's job to try and help me sell the house, if at all possible, mm-hmm. right? I'm obviously Seems still gonna, logical. I'm, I'm obviously still going to represent mm-hmm. my buyer and point things out, but make it easy for me. Mm-hmm. Help me help you. Help me help, me help, help you <laughs> sell the house. And it's your it's job to other. sell the house. So why would you... Why would you leave things around that make it more difficult for somebody to have a, yeah. a positive experience? Do you think people, there? do you think listing agents have gotten lazy because oh, they yes. know they can? I, I wouldn't call it lazy, but it's like they haven't adapted to the fact that the market is shifting a little bit and buyers are being a little more discerning. Mm-hmm. We're making it, sweeping generalizations, of course. But. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> uh, right. But it it is now buyers are, buyers are being more more discerning. discerning. Yeah, for sure. You know, and they're not looking past the cobwebs around the door. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, it gives you a uh-huh. bad first uh-huh. impression. And this is this is my argument. Once you have that bad first impression, you spend me. the rest of the time mm-hmm. trying to trying to bring the buyer back to the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, just, yep, yep. So let's uh, go ahead and step in the house. The foyers or the what you see. The first thing you see when you walk in. What do you want to see? What have you seen? I would like seen? to see the lights on in the home. You know, bingo. I, I think it's really important, even if it's a light, bright house. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. often surprised. And again, often with really experienced agents that, mm-hmm. that, um, the, all the lights aren't on in the house. Mm-hmm. I think it really makes a big difference. It makes such a big difference. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't like bright lights. So it took me a little while to, I like, you know, softer lights, but yeah. when you're showing a house, turn those bright lights on. Yeah. You don't want as a buyer agent to come in to feel like in order for your buyers to get the best experience that you're there having to like, instead of being engaged with them, you're busy trying to turn on lights so it can look at its best, you know? So that would be one thing I'd say. It hits me. Back to the, keep going back to the staging thing, but I think showings and staging are somewhat related. Um, That's where these brilliant white LED Mm -hmm. lights are not always your friend. Mm -hmm. I I think having some softer lighting. Warm dimmers or things like that. Just setting a a nice stage. Warm and soft lighting, not Mm -hmm. bright lighting, but just having some pretty lights on. I don't feel like I'm in a hospital. No, we're not doing surgery. But the beauty of some of the new LEDs is you get to set when you want them warm. 2700 versus the bright Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't so so much the LEDs, it's the one that would, you know, the curly ones. Oh, yeah, the fluorescents. Yeah, those are tough. Sorry, I need to get my words right. Yeah. It brings back a memory for me. Of yeah, we want we did. want some anecdotes here. So <laughs> my, tell us my story of when I was working with the stager and um, told my client that this was the money shop, and she kept on talking about the money shop. And the mm. money shop is when you open the front door, and that's yep. your first experience of the yep. house is the money shop. And my client finally, after probably about ten minutes, pulled me aside and he said, "Does she realize that that's a pornographic term?" <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I'm not sure I realize that because I use that term. Thank you. Okay. I will stop now. No I'm two selves. I was an innocent person. Interesting. Don't um, use the, money the term shot. the money, money shot. shot. What yeah. else could we call it? It is a euphemism. Uh-huh. Ah. Okay. All right. And that she might not, when I might not okay. want to, you know, continue using that. <laughs> yeah. But I tell that story when I'm talking to my sellers about, like, you know, mm-hmm. people coming in for a show and this this literally is where you get to grab them emotionally yes. Yes. this is the yes. this mm-hmm. is the intense moment for us yes. the wow um, factor yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so and that's, that's tough when it's a great house but that's not the first feeling you're going to get you know what i mean mm-hmm. there are homes where you walk in or even homes we we know somebody who is listing a house right now that is a fantastic home but it doesn't have a lot of curb appeal. Mm. So what do you do to to make that more appealing? That's a tough one because I think any time, especially when they know that it's a crazy market like this and you're saying spend money to do X, Y, Z, the trust factor there has mm-hmm. to be from the get-go. Is the inside um, appealing? Very, in okay. lots of different ways, but mm-hmm. it also has very personalized paint colors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so go back. Uh, Jackie mentioned it and talk about staging along with showings. We, you know, we've covered staging in the past, but mm-hmm. when you walk in and see a house that's obviously been staged, mm-hmm. first of all, how do you know? Well, most of the staging companies use the same six art pieces. <laughs> so that's pretty, you know, that's there's that. Six. There's that. So when you see those six pieces, you know, okay, this is staging art. Um, but you know, it's the minimalist nature of staging, which is fine, but you can tell, I mean, you can tell. You can look in the fridge, you can look in the closet. closet. Yeah. Those are are good indicators that somebody is or isn't living in the house. Those are the two places that I usually. I always say the best staging is when I have to actually look in the closet. When you have to look in the fridge or you have to look in the closet, it's a good staging job because you're not really sure. So Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. (laughs) For sure. Yep. To me, what I say to my clients is if they actually live like this, I, in terms of being friends with them, might be a little bit suspicious because I don't feel like it's real. <laughs> but there are plenty of people but that in, live. Oh, like yes, that. there are. I don't necessarily want to be friends with uh-huh. them. <laughs> but you might want to list their home. <laughs> yes, yeah. they'd make me feel terribly inadequate. Or just that they're actually, but that's the kind of person you want whose who's house you want to buy. Sure. Right? Because they have been. Yes. Meticulous mm-hmm. about taking care of things, and For that's sure. the emotional piece, yeah. and why we take care of the front of the house on the walk up, and why we literally, like, yeah, make make it seem like it's been. So this is just a funny offshoot. So I had a seller recently who's very OCD, like very, and and we had a good relationship. So I'm like, would you mind if I just made fun of your OCD in the public <laughs> remarks? And he's like, will it help me sell the house? And I'm like, yes. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, go for it. Right? He's like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So I said, let let the seller's OCDness work in your favor. Right. And that was kind of a lead line. Have some confidence. That's good. Yeah, I like that. These people I like that. Absolutely everything. Yeah. Yep. If I read that in a remark line, I would be pointing yep. it out to my, right. my buyers. Right. So mm-hmm. this, this is the person whose house you want to buy. Right. Yeah. I mean, the house works. But, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Number one. I would agree. For sure. Okay. Because we have all run into things showing houses that just make us go, oh, 
my God. Okay, and, and I want I want you to talk about some of those things so that people can learn. You see, part of that for me is the pictures that I have on my phone, which of course we can't see. <laughs> I take pictures of the things, exactly. and I'm I'm thinking about doing a little uh, like ongoing social media thing mm. around some of the things I see and how. See, I just think it's a coffee table book that all mm-hmm. realtors will buy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what are the no-nos that you've seen? Pornography on the walls. There you go. Okay, yeah. that's a true story. I know. Wow. I, I know. I've I've seen your picture. <laughs> okay. Take the leather out of the closet. Oh, them too. Okay. Because we're going to see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. We are going to open the closets. Okay. We're going to see that. Okay. Depersonalize well, to a know, certain extent. a lot during the stage. I know. And I, I'm actually not a big proponent of taking all your right. pictures yeah, down. No, it's not that. about taking all your pictures down. But let's be honest. If you've got the giant white wedding photo over right. the fireplace and it's mm-hmm. the first thing you see when you walk in, you might mm-hmm. as well wee all over the house because you're claiming it. This is mine. And religious <laughs> things. I do. Oh, well, religious, religion, political, religious, political, super political things. Is, stay, stay okay, let's go back to the wedding right. picture. So I assume you've been in a situation, maybe all of you, where you've had to suggest that they take that down. Mm-hmm. And how does that go? It usually goes okay. It usually goes okay. I've never had a problem. Yeah, yeah. It, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's like, look, that, that's great. But we, you have to understand that when you're staring down over everybody as they're coming through mm-hmm. your house, mm-hmm. all they're seeing is, wow, that's that's her house. Okay, so what so, what yeah. things have you asked your sellers to remove uh, that they've objected to? Well, sometimes the the family wall, because they're yeah. very, especially the older clients are mm-hmm. very married to the wall of grandchildren mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So I think okay. often those walls tend to have a lot of photographs and the objection is more about, well, if I take these down, there are going to be all kinds of nail holes and then you're going to ask me mm-hmm. to paint mm-hmm. and I don't want to paint. Mm-hmm. And so I would just as soon take them up. And does anybody really care? And I don't want to, you know, it's sort of like the snowball effect. And I think that that's where I, that's my experience is I get some pushback because, uh-huh. okay, what else uh-huh. you can ask me to do? It's not so much that they feel like insistent on keeping the family wall as much as knowing how many nail holes it took for them to get the photos wherever they were. Right, went and right. They were all weekend on putting that there together. There are probably six times as many nail holes as we can actually assume there are based on the number of things <laughs> hanging. And so then that's going to lead to more money and spending and painting and everything. But I would say one thing I've noticed is we've all been kind of like had access now to HGTV and all the various shows on television that are so popular now. I think people and Pinterest and House and all these things that we've talked about. But I think generally speaking, those on the one hand, these shows have made our made our lives a little more complicated because people have seen like what they think things should look like uh-huh. on television. Uh-huh. They know just enough to like be dangerous in that sense. Well, and, but and more importantly, have, how much they think it costs to acquire yeah, that have, look. have really elevated expectations. So that's a piece of it. The flip side of that is, I think people have been exposed to enough, especially sellers, that they understand why we're asking them to do the things that they're doing. And they themselves have also seen the television programs and know that it makes a difference. So I think it's been long enough now that I don't feel like the requests that we make are are that out of it has you know, helped. Yeah, I don't think that they're they're total surprises to the sellers. Uh-huh. I I think uh-huh. that they often 
will push back. Uh-huh. And my experience is, and when it comes to things like, I would say it's more about like painting. Painting seems to be the number one thing. And I think painting is your biggest bang for the buck. Yep. Yeah. Right? Why wouldn't you do it? Question. And it's so simple. It's so simple. It is paint. And you are going to net the most return for paint. But it is the number one thing I have the most difficulty with convincing sellers of. Even though I can show them photos before and afters and I and they get on board and they've seen all the programs or whatever, what their thought is, what I hear more often than anything else is, but because it is paint and, and, and everybody has their own opinion about paint and everybody has their own style, isn't it just better to, you know, let the buyer pick? Mm-hmm. Like, do we really, mm-hmm. does it matter? Is this going to keep a buyer from buying my house? Mm-hmm. Is paint really going to keep a buyer and, from and buying what's my your, house? And what's your response and to I that? And I usually say... It's not necessarily in this market. It's not necessarily going to keep them from buying your house, mm-hmm. but it's preventing you from seeing the greatest return possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is you are doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, yeah, by, Jackie, by disagreeing. Yeah, what do you, you say? Are going to pay for it literally with dollars. Yeah, one way, one way or, or the, the other. other. Right. Which and one would you prefer? Yeah. to have the actual cost. Yeah. And pay the actual cost, or would you like a buyer to come in here and say, "Oh, to I, a think sign, the whole I think this is what it's going to cost." Yeah. Well, let's sing it. Let's sing it. And, and one you way may lose or another, I'm going to buyers. get you. Yeah. I'm going to get you. Get you. Get you. Get you. You may lose one or two buyers because assuming every buyer can look past your very specific paint choices, yeah, that's a mistake. Yeah, there's a reason we neutralize. There's yeah. a reason we don't paint with that much drama. Right. We neutralize because it's it's one thing. For a buyer to come in, and you've seen this showing, yep. you've seen this showing, buyer comes in and like, wow, that color in that room. And I'm like, that was one room painted one color. The rest of the house, but that's what they're talking about. But it about. killed it for them. But that's what they're talking about. Okay, let's. Because that's what drew their attention. Thank you for bringing buyers up. Let's, let's t- focus on buyers for a minute. Tales from the field, so to speak. But um, you know what? We're going to, I just want to do a little aside here, a little sidebar. Uh, throughout this podcast, you may have heard some panting in the background, and that is because I have an 80-pound dog that is very excited to be with us, especially because we have all sorts of sna- snacks on the table before us. So my apologies for the panting, but I want you to know it wasn't Jay or Nada or Jackie. <laughs> it is Lola, the golden retriever. Okay. So we've got some some stories to tell here. Tales from the field. Who wants to go first? Oh, I have a couple. We're okay. Busy laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> so funny. Um. So I have a little um, a little chuckle about myself making an error in showing. This was pretty soon after I started in real estate. It was probably during the market downturn, you know, right after the, so I started in 2005. This was probably 2008-ish, something like that. Not a great year in real estate. Not a great year, but so I'm showing a house in a new neighborhood where there were houses that had already started to be built. And, you know, but a lot of houses were still under construction. And it was one of the things where, you know, the model home is available and then people put it in signs, you know, typically or most of the time they have, you know, private residence signs in the front yard to indicate, you know, this is not a model home. And I was in such a 
a fluster to try and get into the house. And my buyers, I think, were in the car behind me or whatever. <laughs> and, um, or they were meeting me there. I can't really remember. And I run into this house. I went through the front door. It was open. And I wasn't even thinking. I went in the front door and, and there's this child standing in front of me in pajamas <laughs> because I thought I was in the model home. I had, I thought that I was in the model home. You thought they had planted a child there. <laughs> well, and I actually thought that the on-site agent had brought their child to work. So there's this child standing at the bottom of the stairs in pajamas. Like, I think they had a little snack of Cheerios or something in a cup. And they're standing there looking at me, standing in their, inside their front door and eating their Cheerios. And I said, is your mommy here? And the child said, yes. And I said, um, may I speak to her? <laughs> Again, all the while. Totally oblivious when you were in the model home. <laughs> and then I'm looking around and I really started looking. And I said, oh my God. <laughs> I didn't waste another minute. Didn't wait for mommy to come. <laughs> I beelined you out of that. it very quickly behind gotcha. me and immediately went to the house next door, which was the model home. Oh. So that was uh, a, a pretty big error. Well, that's funny. That may be why in new home neighborhoods they have signs. Which of now. Yeah. It says private residence. We're just yeah. going to call them NATO signs. Yeah. That was a pretty big mess up. That That's funny. Forgotten. That is yeah. funny. So, I was, well, I was in a neighborhood where, you know, a lot of the houses look similar. Yes. And there were two different houses on the market. And so I drove up, I saw the sign. I'm on the porch trying to open the lockbox. And of course, it's not opening. And I'm, Talking to my clients who were standing there waiting to go into the house, and I'm like, you know, damn lockbox is not working. I don't know. And it took me like a good three or four minutes before I'm like, this isn't the right wrong house. house. Uh, the house we want is listed by somebody else, and it's three doors down. Exactly. <laughs> Timeout. Rule. Exactly. Exactly. So it's easy. It's much easier to do than people realize. Yeah. Well, especially a model home that doesn't have a lockbox typically. That's why you know just yep. dashing in. I was really expecting. No, or some. Help me understand why those <laughs> signs I think they exist. do. I think they do. Truly, I bet. I bet I was not the first person to do that. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and some neighborhoods don't allow for sale signs. And it was literally beside the model home. So yes. I'm going to forgive myself. <laughs> you but it should. Is a good, good I, walked, I walked in on a... No, I'm sorry. It wasn't me that was our listing. Uh, and the lady who owned it was in a wheelchair. Uh, and the showing agent came in. Um, and for some reason, there hadn't been a... There was a miscommunication about the showing. Mm -hmm. And they literally walked in on her in the shower. Oh, um, my. Oh. Yeah, that would be tough. So I, I, to this day, I will open the door and if, I, if there's a car yep. or anything, I, I, mm -hmm. I, That's I, smart. I ring the doorbell, yes. I call out hello, yes. I just am... That's, that's I, actually really good advice for new yeah. agents. It's yeah. a really good idea. That is ring good the doorbell, ring the doorbell yeah. shout out, say hello. Yeah. And so often we're in a hurry. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got sometimes eight, ten showings in a day. And, mm -hmm. Or back yes. when we had inventory, yes. we'd have eight, eight or ten. Yeah. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Turn the alarm Turn off the, the alarm off. Yeah. They're just more trouble than the world. Oh, my God. And they don't give you the right instructions as to where the thing is. And I, they don't tell you that you have to do the check mark or the star or the whatever. Yeah. I had one. I set off the alarm. I could not find the keypad. 
I'm like, I'm running around. The the, there's nothing in the instructions mm-hmm. about where the oh, keypad no. was. I could hear the beeping, and I'm running around the house, oh, no, and I'm that's like, terrible. That's yeah. That's and of course, it goes off. And I know. It goes off, and I'm like, <laughs> and I still haven't found the keypad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my favorite one was I said it often. It was just this booming, booming male voice. Get down on the ground. You are surrounded. And I'm like, I'm going to Who's surrounding you? That was their alarm system? No. Oh, wow. But it was frightening. Did it scare you sufficiently? Okay, so. I have PTSD from that experience where every time I see that there is an alarm on my show Mm -hmm. instructions, I I try and get there earlier. Yep. And make sure that I have it figured out Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. because I don't want my clients to have to experience that. Because to go Mm -hmm. back to the show, you know, the showing experience that the buyer is having. That is mm-hmm. not a good Forget one. Forget it. They're not buying that, that house. It right. may be perfect for them. Right. They're not right. buying that house. Right? Mm-hmm. You better have some freaking Monet's in there or it, something. It yeah. takes almost nothing to turn a buyer off on a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The wrong energy, like the wrong emotional mm-hmm. energy, mm-hmm. and you're done. Mm-hmm. You're done. Yeah. Nada, I think you have another story to tell. Oh. About um, something you encountered. Yeah, I encountered, um, I had... A uh, house under contract, and I was meeting the inspector at the house. Um, my clients were out of town, so they weren't able to attend the inspection, and I'm glad. Um, the house was vacant and had been staged, and uh, I went into one of the bathrooms. And Well, first of all, I had just been there like two days prior, you know, when we actually got it under contract, and we had the inspection very quickly after and um, it was just unusual because I had actually noticed that the bed sort of seemed a little disheveled, you know. I thought, that's <laughs> sort of strange. Like, I Not actually remember it. staging perfect It anymore. wasn't staging perfect anymore, <laughs> but it had been staging perfect. And then I went into the bathroom, and inside the toilet bowl was a yeast condom. Uh, so it was a little odd. <laughs> and you can imagine what the conversation was like when I called the listing agent. <laughs> I mean, I just, I guess I didn't have to phone her, but I found it rather yeah, odd. Yeah. Because I, I, the I, I house was under contract and there was no other reason for any other agent right, to have been right. there at that time. So I thought that was oh kind of unusual. Yeah. Okay. Jay, anything else? You got anything? A uh, long time ago, I was relatively new agent and I was showing folks an investment property in Chapel Hill, uh, one that had been rented by students and those are always those are always let's, be, let's be honest they're always interesting yeah right? yeah Bras hanging from the yeah yeah, really yeah. well and oftentimes you know kids sleeping in you know different mm-hmm. parts of their house so i had done this long enough to say just ignore ignore the bongs ignore you know like uh-huh but so we go in and you know the place looks like a typical student rental and we're looking around the living room looking to the kitchen Start going down the hallway. All of a sudden, the bathroom door opens up and a completely naked man walks out. Wow. <laughs> That's and, a showing. And he looks at us. <laughs> and he looks at us and we look at him and I'm like, well, we're here for this All I could think of to say was, we have an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something I would uh-huh. say. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I haven't done anything wrong. Uh-huh. I'm just finishing up with my last appointment. <laughs> 
retreat back into the bathroom. He just, he just walked the two steps forward and went into his room. And I'm like, all right, we're not looking in that room today. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> I was in one of those situations once, and I had to walk into a bedroom where a, a college co-ed was sleeping and explained to him, we we need to look in this room. We're going to open the closet. And he just rolled over, looked at us, and turned back and started snoring again. So Yeah. Kids are pretty yeah. oblivious. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have one They don't care. I was showing it, another, you know, student rental, and we're going to, and I thought the house was empty, like, didn't hear anything, da, 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 and we're walking in, we're just talking normally, we, we're walking into the room, since a lot of times they'll close their bedroom doors, mm-hmm. you know, when they leave, because mm-hmm. they're li- living with roommates or whatever, so we're, yeah. we're opening the doors, and we're going in the rooms, and we had knocked and rung the bell and all that, and then we're in one room, and we're talking, and da, 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 all of a sudden... What I thought was a pile of laundry starts moving. <laughs> there was someone in the bed. And I'm oh like, gosh. so we're done here. And we're we're going to go look at the rest of the house. Yeah. So as we wrap things up here, let's talk about safety. We as agents walk into a house. We don't know who's in there. We don't know if we're secure. If nobody is in there, who might be able to come in? And I know you guys have had some experiences uh, throughout your many years of practicing real estate that I sh- I'm sure have been um, somewhat frightening at times. So can you talk about that? Well, I had one recently that wasn't frightening from a exterior safety standpoint, but just from a practice standpoint. So now, it, prior to COVID, we only ever had to take off our shoes when they had just refinished the floors or just changed the carpet. But now... It's like every listing is remove your shoes, remove your shoes, remove your shoes. Well, I'm, I'm showing a house in Governor's Village. Now, if you know Governor's Village, you know it tends to attract an older demographic. Mm-hmm. And then hardwood floors, hardwood stairs. Um, so I'm walking, we're walking through the house, we're walking down the stairs. It's its first day on the market. The person walking in front of me is going down the stairs in their stocking feet. and the On the hardwood folks, floors. On the hardwood steps. And some other folks started coming up the stairs. So she went to move over to get out of their way. And in doing so, her feet slipped out from under her and she fell mm. down the stairs. Ooh. Dislocating her shoulder, breaking her collarbone. Oh, my mm. gosh. It was serious. But it could have been catastrophic because if she hadn't put her arm back and broken her fall, mm-hmm. which dislocated her shoulder and broke her shoulder, it would have been her head <clears> hitting <throat> those bottom steps. Scary. All because they had to take off their shoes. Mm-hmm. In a house mm-hmm. built in 1998 with mint green carpet and hardwoods <laughs> that had never been refinished. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so... now Were there uh, shoe covers provided? There were shoe covers provided. It was an either or, but, but the those shoe covers were not the traction shoe covers. They were just the... Uh, yeah, the, yeah the, big difference. The shoe covers. And so the they were, traction they were ones cost worse. more. Yeah. They were actually worse. After the emergency room and everything else and dealing... And deal, that was the rest of my day, dealing with all of that. Because didn't call nine one one, didn't have an ambulance take her away, but we mm-hmm. got her to the ER, got the X ray, got the shoulder relocated. Oh boy! So it got me thinking. It's like, why the hell are we telling everybody to take, take off their, their shoes, shoes all the time? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's stupid and it's not safe. And so I called a friend of mine who is a personal injury attorney. Now they're not suing; they're not litigious people. But they could have. Mm-hmm. But they could oh, have. Yes. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. So I asked him. Who pays in that situation? And he said, well, the homeowner's insurance would pay. Mm-hmm. The homeowner's insurance is the first line of liability. He said, but you, don't forget about subjugation. And I'm like, what is that? 
He's like, well, that's when the person who the homeowner's insurance company sues the person who gave the homeowner the advice to do that, to to have everybody take off their shoes, a.k.a. the realtor, the licensed professional listing agent who said, we're going to have everybody take off their shoes to protect your floors. Mm -hmm. And because this was so close, and I'm not kidding, it was so close to being catastrophic. It was bad, but it was so close to being catastrophic. I I've, I've I've made a point at Inhabit of telling everybody we're you know we're we're changing our practices we're not doing this anymore this cannot happen and and mm-hmm. I noticed you posted something I, also I posted something online. so what has the response been from the realtor community almost everybody who's responded agrees with me but that's normal right? nobody's contested nobody's your point of view. I have one person say, well, you know, we got to, you know, what if somebody scratches a floor? And I'm like, I, if somebody scratches a floor, they scratch the floor. You floors. can fix it. Right. You can fix the floor. But if right. somebody mm-hmm. gets hurt, mm-hmm. seriously hurt, right. this and this, this, and we are in the chain of liability. But here's the second part of that. There was no bench provided. This is a vacant house. To, to take There off. was no bench provided for anybody to, t- and so I'm like, we have got to stop assuming that everybody looking at houses is an able-bodied 30-something-year-old. Right. right. You know, if you want me to take off my shoes or you want me to put on your booties, A, supply traction booties, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Uh-huh. and B, provide a bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't care what yeah. the rules are. If I've got an eight, and if I've got an octogenarian that I'm showing a house to and you haven't given me a bench for them you to know take what? off their I, shoes, I'm sorry, but they're a, not taking off their shoes. Hey, a 30-year-old could have mm-hmm. had that accident happen. Well, the because... person who fell was actually young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this was not. Yeah. It hadn't yeah. been someone old. It, like I said, it was so close to being catastrophic. As an agent, when I'm out showing property, I have in my head, like when I'm getting ready for the day, the pair of shoes that I pick (laughs) is done with purpose. Yeah, for sure. Right? That I can take them on and and off. off. Easy Easy on and off. I am not going to wear (laughs) knee-high The other thing I've done, because I am older, I've already had one knee replaced, I, um, and not everybody would be willing to do this. I take off my shoe and my sock because my bare foot is less slippery. Yeah, but I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to do that. I'm walking around somebody's house in my bare feet. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. So I, I, I think we also get into a cultural thing here, though, which I, I, I don't know what this says about me, but I, I have been ignoring the take your shoes off piece. I feel like I am a respectful human being. But do you know that's an MLS fine? Well, so be it. What what, 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 what was that? Well, if you don't adhere to the rules of the showing, MLS, TMLS can fine you. Then they can bring it on. I wipe my feet. Mm -hmm. If my shoes are Mm -hmm. at all dirty, I will take them off and I will take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I have to admit, I do the same thing. And my client will say, do I need to take my shoe off? And I'll say, are your shoes dirty? Mm-hmm. And they'll say no. People have people have hang-ups about whether their feet smell or not, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't, to me, this is this is, <laughs> this is actually a fairly intricate issue yeah. for lots yeah. of different reasons. If I'm going into a house where it is very clear to me that culturally, There's nobody cultural has shoes. ever had a pair of shoes on in this mm-hmm. house, yeah. I will absolutely remove my shoes immediately. Mm-hmm. But I also promise you that when you walk into those houses, they have a bench there for you. Yes, mm-hmm. they will. Yeah. Because, they, because they are all in, they're, they're all in the same routine of taking the shoes off. And but, yeah, but it's a, that to me is a COVID hangover because the whole masking booty thing was all of a sudden, it was a, it, it came in, yeah. it existed before then, but not. It existed almost 90%. Situationally. Yeah. Is it situationally. Like you with have a brand new carpet or brand new refinished floors and it's yeah. muddy outside. Oh, you and know you what? Say, 
They sell things to put down on carpet. They do. So that you can walk Yeah, use those. The right. Carpet. If mm-hmm. as a listing agent you want to do your job, do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so as a listing agent, I've got one coming up where we've just had the floors refinished with hardwood stairs and brand new carpet up. And there's going to be a sign outside that front door. Keep For your shoes on. purposes, please do not remove your shoes, but please respect yay, yay. the new floors. Mm-hmm. And mats provided on both sides. Inside and outside of the house, inside and outside of the back door. That's what you need. You you don't I'm need sorry, to I'm sorry, Jay. I'm mats? Mats. Floor mats. So they can wipe their feet when they're coming in. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Gotcha. I'm actually getting ready to list a house that has very nice, you know, new carpet and everything too. But every the stairs are wood and the floors everywhere else are wood and it's just in the bedrooms that the that are carpeted in the bonus rooms upstairs. And I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm wondering if maybe a bench and booties could be put upstairs that can be removed before people come back down the stairs where everything is. So, before you're going into the mm-hmm. into the carpeted or spaces. Or you could do a paper runner up yeah. there. But then you have to people really I, I'm thinking out loud here, but then people yeah. want to really walk around the room. Right. Yeah, no. never mind. Yeah. Okay, you guys were getting close to uh turning into pumpkins here. So we talked about PTSD, and I'm so sorry for your client. I'm sure she has PTSD, and you, I do, and you for going through <laughs> it with her. Um, any any other cautionary tales? Like I remember the funny stuff, mm-hmm. but um, the scary stuff is you know. And if it had just happened to me the way that thing yeah. happened to Jay, I obviously would have had that top of mind. Um, I'm sure I could come up with things. Mm-hmm. I, I I do think it can be very intimidating to walk into, especially if you're there at night that's I think often one. you know um again because it is such a competitive market there are a lot of times when we don't know who our buyers are we haven't met them before they're new to us they found yeah. us online we you know maybe we don't have a lot of time to do any research on them and we're meeting them at the house all this happens a lot because of covid you know we don't mm-hmm. have as many people in our cars we're not getting to know them beforehand right mm-hmm. and i would say you know, especially if it's at a listing that's in a remote location in the country um, where there aren't tons of, it's not a revolving door kind of listing where there are tons of people coming in and out of it. And you're meeting a new client who you don't really know there. That is something I would really emphasize, especially to new agents and even not new agents. It's just to don't forget to be aware, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and let somebody know. If, if you know you're going somewhere and you don't know this yes, person, yes. to let a friend or a colleague mm-hmm. or a partner your bick. know yeah. where you yeah, are, yeah. when you're when you're arriving, and let them know when you're out and safe. Because yeah. there, I just I think that's something that we tend to, in the heat of it all and in the hustle bustle of our market, we can tend to forget about these pretty basic safety issues. The only thing I would add to that is be aware of your own implicit biases when mm-hmm. you decide... I need somebody to come with me on this showing, but not that person. Because I, and I'm, I'm coming from a place of personal experience. Like mm. I'm, I'm embarrassed to, to say it. Um, but in doing DEI work with different organizations and being, you know, asked to go and look at this stuff, I think that is, I'm someone who feels like I can take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I, I took self defense classes. I can, you know, I'm a tall boss aspect. <laughs> um, I have to say, it. I think that's we. You know, it's it's something where we have to look at ourselves too, right? Like this, a certain person calls you, and for whatever reason, you are more afraid of that person than you would be of another. And if you're gonna, you should. I think as as safety, which is what they preach in in realtor, you know, 
continuing education and stuff is like if you're you never ever go and meet a, a person at a house mm-hmm. by yourself mm-hmm. that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Do it. I have done it many many times because I saw them and how I can thing and I feel like I can tell from you know vibes and stuff when I feel safe and mm-hmm. when I don't. But that's where the implicit bias piece comes in, and then you have to sort of examine your own your own feelings about mm-hmm. things and and what we get fed from from a lot of other places so i i just that's just my cautionary tale there if you do it for one you do it for all yeah yeah that's, that's a good way to do it all. or you don't do it at i all. was saying do it for all you know mm-hmm. absolutely speaking, but and, yeah. and my last question to all of you is now that we are kind of sort of post-covid you're going on a showing are you putting your buyers in your car again yes yes okay yes yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. i am I actually really enjoy that. I do Not too, Nada. Same with me. Um, but I think it's becoming, you know, the norm again. And I think it is really difficult to, especially when you're having people who aren't familiar with the area, yes, to familiarize them right. with the you got to talk to them. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's so much happens in that car, you yes. know, during between mm-hmm. showings that it's virtually impossible to really familiarize people new to the area. If you can't be talking yeah. continuously. No, it is so valuable. That is the difference to me between yeah. what we do and what these people who are trying to, you know, put real estate into an algorithmic universe. Right. Right? That we sit in the car and we might be driving from house A to house B. Right. But what is happening in between those things? Right. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Education yes. is happening. Neighborhoods. Yeah. The yeah. drive. Well, and the, most the town. The, the relationship. And getting to know the people. And, and building yeah. the relationship. Building so the relationship. You've got to put a hundred thousand dollars down in non-refundable yeah. deposit and go fifty thousand dollars over asking yeah. price. They're going to trust you because yeah. I know you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so important. I miss having okay. people in my car. I mean, I'm I, putting I them have, they're back in my car, and I'm so I really yeah. enjoy having people back in my car again. Um, Nada, you and I just it have doesn't to, <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be. It, we got to have a little talk with ourselves. I do feel like that's my educational time. That's, that's me multitasking. No, I'm it from point A to point B. And I can tell you about due diligence and the perils of yes. due diligence right. between these two houses. That's that's time efficient for no, me. I, I, I think I, I think 100% it's one hundred percent agree. I think we're all right. in agreement. It just it happened to be. I feel like a little uh, pause, little respite, you know, a little respite. Right for those of us who maybe sure. aren't extroverted all yeah. the time, it was kind of nice to have that downtime in between Not shows. But to be the realtor, we all want to be. Yeah. We need those clients. It's a really in our important cars. time. And on that note, I cannot thank you wonderful, wonderful people enough. Thank I you. look forward to doing this again in two months' time. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but maybe our audience will send us some questions yes. and or suggestions. So uh, happy spring and thanks again. Oh, no stories. Cheers. This has been an episode of Welcome Home production of the Orange Chatham Association of Realtors. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts.